my God to the, I think I can sit down now and we can go home blessed by this special music. Thank you very much. It is really a privilege for me to be here today. Uh, I'm very happy to be here today also, not only because I was able to participate and see my mother getting married to this godly man, Johnny, but also and especially to be able to be here today uh, to listen to the word of God and listen what God has to say to us. Uh, I'm, I, I would like you to pray for me today. Um, I know that there is a barrier here, the language barrier, that can hinder the message that God has for us. So I'm praying that, that the Holy Spirit will speak to us directly. Let's, let's have a word of prayer before we start. Heavenly Father, we are so happy to be here today, to be able to share uh, your gospel and to be able to listen to what you have to say to us. We ask you, Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will open our mind, that you will open our heart, and that not only we can understand the message that you have for us, that also we can also put in practice what we are learning today. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I know that each one of us that are here today have uh, stories in the Bible that are your preference, the favorite one. I know that we, we are the children, maybe they will say, well, the story of David and Goliath, or maybe a lady will say Ruth or Esther, uh, King, uh, the Queen Esther. And for each one of us, we have stories that are, are dear to us, that are dear to our heart. For me, for a long time, it was the story of Joseph. It was an outstanding story. It was a story of, of a young man that was so faithful and that was able to endure so many trials and, tribul and tribulations. Uh, in the recent years, uh, a different story had caught my mind, and I've been meditating this story for a couple of years already. And it is the story of Abraham. It's a story of the father of the faith, father of the faith. And it's, it's, this makes a little bit more close to me because when we hear the story of Joseph, we kind of feel that, well, Joseph have kind of a, was kind of a perfect, right? He didn't do anything wrong. He was always faithful. But when we hear the story of Abraham, we see a man that was called, was chosen for a special purpose. And he was chosen to do something and he did many things good, but in, the, in, in, the, in between, he was not able to be faithful all the time to God. And I feel that this, this is the experience in my life, that even though we have been called and we have, we have been chosen for a special purpose, in, the, in our journey in life, we have not been always been faithful to him. But God has always have a faithful people. God has always have someone to maintain the line in an interrupted line of the gospel of God, the truth has been always kept safe. From the beginning, we read that from Adam went to Seth, from Seth to Enoch, from Enoch to Methuselah, to Methuselah to Noah, Shem, and then Terah, and then Abraham. So we see that God has always had a group of people, normally a small group, that have kept the law of God alive. And God chose Abraham because he was a special man. He was a man of faith. He was, a fa he was faithful to him, but 
why he called him to go out of his house, how, how, out of his family. And if we read the Bible, we see that after the Babel Tower, Tower of Babel, everyone was dispersed. And idolatry was really getting very common around the whole world. But the father of Abraham was still faithful, but he was kind of a yielding to this influence that he was living in. So God needed Abraham to kind of move out of this area so that he can grow to be more like God, to be more like Jesus, and to be able to fulfill the plan that God had for him. And for us today, we say, well, going, well, no one is from here, right? Anyone here was raised here in Crestline? So all of us have been in different places. We have not been in one place all the time. So when we read that Abraham was faithful and he left his house, sometimes we don't grasp exactly the, 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 the deep significance of this decision. Because right now we can travel, go back home to your family. Like eight years ago, we were called to go to Nepal as missionaries. And we were there for seven years. So before we went to Nepal, we were able to search the internet, Google, see how is the country, uh, what things we can get, even pictures. We were able even to, to speak with someone that had been there before, and he was able to talk to us about the hospital that I was going to be working on. So even though it was difficult to go to the other side of the world to serve in a, in a country that was not our own, a different language, a different culture, we still can come here and visit our family and be with our mother and our sister and son, daughter. But for Abraham, the decision was a little bit more difficult because he was going to leave his house and not to come back again. No phone calls, no emails, no FaceTime, Skype. So it was like, a, that's it. I'm not going to see my family again the rest of my life. So it was not an easy decision. It was a difficult decision to make. But God, for Abraham, serving God was the number one thing in his life. And, and we read here uh, that he said, God has spoken, and his servant must obey. The happiest place on earth for him was the place where God will have him to be. So for Abraham, the happiest place for him was going to be where God wanted him to be. It is interesting because uh, we live in the United States, and many people want to come here, right? And we, many people immigrate to the United States for a better life. But for Abraham, it was basically reversed. He was basically in the United States. He was with his family. He was wealthy. He was living in a house, comfortable. But he was, he was called to go to a place that he was going to be living where? In tents. Have you been be camping lately? Would you be willing to live all your life camping from now on? So. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, right? So anyway, it, it was not an easy decision to make. It was, a, it was a difficult thing to do. But God has spoken, and for Abraham, it was the thing that he wanted to do. And he did it. 
he moved out, and we know that Lot, his nephew, moved with him, and uh, hundreds of people went with them, and they arrived to, to Canaan. But when we read the story of Abraham, do we find that he was faithful all the time, that, he, that his faith was always there? He is called the father of faith, right? But was he faithful all the time? Was he, he, he was having faith all the time? And let's go to Genesis uh, chapter, let me see. Genesis chapter 12, I think it is. Yes, chapter 12. And it says uh, in verse 1, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be blessed. And we jump to verse 4 at the end. He said, Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from, from Haran. So he was not a young man either, right? So asking someone that is young to move out and camp, be camping the rest of their life is one thing, but having someone that is not so young, uh, doing that was also not a little, a little bit also difficult. But we, we find that when he, he get to the place that God was uh, telling him to go, there was a famine. And there was no water, enough water. There was not enough grass for all his animals and not enough food. So he decided uh, to go back to, no, to move to Egypt for a little while, while things get better where he was there before. So he moved back. He moved to Egypt. And what happened there? A little stumble, yeah. So he got there and he, he was saying, well, my wife is, actually she had, she was already like maybe 60, so, but she was still pretty nice to look at, according to the Bible. And he was afraid that then the, the pharaoh was gonna take her and kill him if he knew that he was her husband. So he decided to, to tell a white light or a half light or half true, whatever you want to call it. So he decided to say, you know what, darling, my dear sweetheart, let's, let's, when you go there, don't tell them that you are my wife. Tell them that you are my sister. And we are not actually telling the whole true, but also not the whole lie. So it was partially, we, we, it was partially true. So we see here that then they, they are trying to put their own decision to help himself or help themselves instead of putting the trust in God that is the one that told him to go there. So what happened? Everyone knows this story. They did that and it was, it was uh, initially it was good and nothing happened to Abraham. And, but then Pharaoh took Sarah, but then God kind of uh, intervened in the situation. And then Pharaoh came back to Abraham, and you know that 
he was not so happy about it. And said, why you, you did it to me? You, you make me to sin. It was, it was a bad thing to do, right? Abraham was chosen, was, was chosen for, to be a blessing to all the nations in the world. He was chosen to be an example to everyone. He was chosen to, to spread the gospel to all the world, the true God, about the true God. But now we see that even, even the, the Pharaoh was telling him, how come you did that to me to make, uh, make me do this? So, and we, if we continue reading in, in the Bible, we see that God uh, told Abraham more than once that he was going to have uh, one son. They were already old. They were not able to have uh, any, any son or daughter. And, and God promised him that he was going to have a son and, and that many nations, a great nation was going to come from his descendant. And we go to, birth, to chapter 13, verse uh, 15. He's talking here after Abra Abraham and Lot separated. Abraham was a little bit not was a little bit sad to separate from his nephew. He was the only the only person that family close that he had. So God come, came to Abraham, Abraham again and told him in verse 15, "Say for all the land which thou seen to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever." And I will make thee seed and as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust on the earth, they shall thy seed also be numbered. So we see that if, uh, God is repeating the promise that he was done in the past. But in this time, he was adding a little bit. He was saying that he was going to be as the dust of the earth. And who can count the dust of the earth? It's kind of a not even in my, my backyard, right? <laughs> Imagine the whole world. So it was a beautiful promise that God was giving to Abraham. Abraham. But uh, what happened? It didn't happen in one year, in two years, in three years. They were living already like uh, 10 years in Canaan. And we find this in chapter 16. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, chapter 16, verse 1. No, sorry. It's not 15. Let me go back. Oh, yes, 16, 1. I'm sorry. And Abraham's wife bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Agar. So Sarah have a great idea. You know what, Let, let's, why don't we help God to fulfill the promise? Let me, let me see, let, we can just, it was a practice on those times that if the woman cannot have children, then that woman will give her servant to the, her husband so that the child that this servant will have, it will, it will be like her own. So it was a custom. Today it doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> We are like, what? But on those times, it was a custom. So it was something that people do. So Sarah decided to, to have this idea. So Abraham was not 
so happy about the idea, but eventually, I don't know, he gave in and said, well, why, why not? Let's, let's give it a try. And as we know, this was not actually an act of faith. God had God already promised Abraham, Abraham a son, but then 10 years had passed, and they, they were kind of getting anxious. They were not getting younger either, so it was, if, if it was difficult before, imagine how much more difficult it was going to be now that they were getting older. At this time, then, uh, Abraham was already 85, so it was not an easy thing to, to, to do. So they decided to help God, and we all know the story. Even up today, we are suffering the consequences of this uh, mistake on this day. So it was not really an act of uh, faith in behalf of Abraham. But then God came, came to him again, and we find here in chapter 17. And when Abraham was uh, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his feet in his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. So God was, again, repeating the same promise that had been given to Abraham before. And what, what, and what was the reaction of Abraham? And even if he said in verse 5, neither that shall name be more called Abraham. Abraham. So his name was changed to Abraham. That means father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee. And we continue to read and, and we find that the problem was repeated a couple of times. And, and in verse uh, 15, chapter 17, verse 15, and God saying to Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, shall, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and I give thee a son also on her. Ye, and I will bless her, and, I, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings, and of people shall be under her. And what was the reaction of Abraham? And Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said into his heart, Shall a child be born into, into him that is a hundred years old? And Sarah, and Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear. So picture this. God is talking to Abraham. Say, Sarah is going to be a mother. And the reaction on Abraham was uh, he fell on his face laughing. Is this a sign of faith? Is this a sign of faith? From the father of faith? And then Abraham continued to try to help God say, and Abraham saying to God, said to God, all that Ishmael might live forever. So 
he was kind of a say, okay, God, well, Sarah will not be able to have a child, even though you are saying that, but here is Ismael. That is what we decided that we will do to help you fulfill your promise. Yeah. <laughs> and God say, God is a mercy. God have a lot of patience with us, right? Even if we, we are not faithful to him, he is faithful to us. And, and he's patient and he has grace and, and he's always there to give us support and help us to, to go to the right way. And God say, oh no, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. So God was a little bit more specific. Say, no, 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 it's not Ishmael. Even though I will prosper Ishmael, even though it was not my decision, it was your decision. But the promise is not going to come through Ishmael. It's going to come through the son of Sarai, in this case, Sarah, now. And the name is going to be Isaac. So he was not only telling him again that, that the promise will come, but he was also telling me him what name he should name his son. And in verse 21, but the, by my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear into thee at this set of time next year. So in this time, God was a little bit more specific. God was telling him, well, you know what? Uh, Sarah is going to bear a child in one year. And if we continue to read, something similar that happened in Egypt was repeated. He was, he moved again and he, went, he came to the place that uh, King Abimelech was there and Abraham had the same great idea that you know what, if, if he knows that, uh, the king knows that you are my wife, you are so beautiful, so he's gonna kill me to get you, so let's do the same thing, let's, let's say that uh, you are my sister and everything gonna go well. And you know this story, it didn't go well. <laughs> And, and remember that this was something that happened after God had told him again and again and again. And in this time, not only gave him the dates for ne next year, but also gave him the, the name of the son that he was going to have. So we see that even though Abraham was in this journey that God took him, he was going also to difficult times. He was a, was a human being like you and, my, and I. We were, we are weeks on time, and we don't follow God the way that we should many times. But we see here that God was leading him to a special purpose. He was not able to be faithful, maybe all the time, sometimes. Yes, sometimes, no. But for God, the calling that he had for Abraham, that he was chosen to be what? Perfect. He was called, he was chosen for a special purpose. And Abraham, as until this time, he was still not at that level that God wanted him to be. So he still needed to be, to be worked on a little bit more so that he would become the person that God wanted him to become. So we know the story. Uh, the son, uh, promised son, eventually came. We go to chapter 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did into Sarah as he had spoken. 
for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God has spoken to him. And Abraham, in verse 5, was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Can you imagine how happy were there? They have been waiting for how long now? 25 years? Around 25 years, 10, 15 years, like 25 years. The promise of a son that they have been waiting for already 25 years. He was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. So even though at this, uh, we know that at that time they live a little bit longer, but 100 was still old for that time. <laughs> for us, of course, it's extremely old. But even at that time, they were old. They were really old. But Abraham's life uh, was a, a life that was, uh, he was faithful to God. He had faith in him. And he was able to get the respect of the older nations around him. And they were, and the older nations knew that he was a faithful, faithful man of God. But God still wanted him to be better. And as we see here, God was leading him through a difficult situation, to a difficult test, so that Abraham can grow to what the level of spirituality and faithfulness that he wanted to Abraham to reach. And now we see that Abraham was put to a test that no one of us has been put to or will be put to. And it's interesting because uh, when we read the Bible, the story basically in two verses mention everything, right? Let's go to chapter 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after this thing that God did tempt Abraham and saying to him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thy love. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee. Can you imagine that? Let's try to think about losing a son or a daughter by accident or by disease. That would be pretty bad, right? But imagine asking him to kill his own son. Can you get the picture? In two verses, we, we hear the God command and Abraham saying, yes, I will do it, and he goes. But let's try to put ourselves in Abraham's shoes. Let's try to put ourselves in what he was going through at this time. The son that they were waiting for 25 years now have been already like 50 years, almost 50 years past. The, the promise that he was going to be the seed of Abraham, that many nations will come from him. And now God is, is telling him, you know, you have to sacrifice your son. 
I'm going to try to I'm going to try to tell the story. I can get a little bit emotional. But this but by now I have learned that one thing is to kind of uh, say what how it is very sad to see this person suffering. That should be very difficult to have to go through that. But by now, I have learned that it's one thing to say it is difficult. Another thing is to, to experience what that person is going through. It, like, it is like saying, I know how much pain the woman goes when they are having the labor baby. And another thing is to go to that pain that they have to go. It is not the same. It's, it's, sometimes you cannot express what it is happening because you, are, you really don't know. You can guess. You can maybe think about it, but it's not the same thing that going through that situation. It was uh, one Sunday. The church was having a special program for the children. In Puerto Rico, we celebrate the kings, three kings, more than Christmas. And then uh, we give the more gifts to the children in, in the three kings. So uh, the church was having a, a special program for the children, and everyone brought things to do. Uh, we brought go-cars, bikes, mini bikes, and we were having a good time with all the church. The, it was already at the end of the, on Sunday. We were just cleaning the auditorium, having everything ready to go back home. The children were still outside playing. Uh, suddenly, a girl came and running and told me, Alvin had an accident. Her face, you can tell that was something very bad. It was not like a, a scratch or anything like that. So as a doctor, I, as I was following her, my mind was going through things like scenarios, possible scenarios. I was thinking of maybe a bone, broken bone, Maybe a uh, bone sticking out. I have seen many things, so my imagination kind of have a broader thing to think about. So I was, I, I was running after her to see where my son was. My mind was running to think that could happen. And when I got there, my imagination was a little bit, I underestimated the situation. I, it was a little bit different than I was expecting. Uh, one guy was carrying my son, and when I came to him, when I saw the color of his skin, I had seen that color before. It is a color of people that are kind of uh, dead, like gray. His lips were purple. He was not breathing. And, and as we, he put him on the floor, in my mind, you know, I ha Having a little notion is a little bit worse sometimes because you know sometimes what could happen. So when he put it on the floor, then I, I, I was checking to see he was breathing. He was not breathing. His lip was purple. He was a little salivation in his, in his mouth. His eyes were open. I, when I touched his uh, vein to check if he had pulse, he did have pulse. And suddenly he started breathing again. So that brought a relief in my, in my mind because, well, he's breathing, he has pulse, so he's not dead. And he, he changed the color of his face and the skin changed quickly. 
He, be, he regained the color, but he was completely unconscious, no responding. So I was asking, what happened? No, so he was going in the motorcycle down, the go-kart was going up, so he tried to avoid the go-kart, he fell down and hit a, a, a wall. And I said, okay, so as a doctor, you know what could happen and your mind start going around uh, about things that you have seen in the past and you have read in the book, so this, believe me, it's better not to know. So we, one friend brought uh, his bag, we carried him to the van. The hospital was like a block away, so it was not a big drive. So we arrived in the ER, in the emergency room, we take him to the, to the uh, trauma room. Everyone start coming, checking him, saying, seeing, to see what was happening. As, uh, it was funny because the doctor came to me and said, what do you want me to do? And I was like, what? I'm a father now, <laughs> so don't ask me what to do. And, and it's interesting because that doctor, my, my expectation for that doctor was not the best one. So I, I, ha I have to say, have to be today huh, that this doctor is on call tonight. <laughs> well, anyway, so when they were putting the IV line, he kind of uh, reacted and started basically talking nonsense. He was unconscious, but he was making any sense. He was just fighting, not allowing anyone to do anything. We had to hold him down. It was a struggle. It was a big struggle. As we were taking him to the, to the CT scan, to do the CT scan of the head, as we were reaching the door of the CT scan, eventually I, I saw his face and completely changed. And he opened his eye and said, where am I? What happened? And he was com completely fine. And it was, it, was, it was really amazing to see how quickly and how well he, he, he improved. But when you go into this uh, scenario in your mind and you know what thing can happen, and, and if having the feeling that you may, have, you may have lost your son, the pain that you go through, it is something that we cannot really express very well. But imagine now having to kill your son, yourself. That is a different situation, right? And by the way, my son is very well here today. And interestingly enough, he was 15 uh, when this happened. Six months later, he was going through Africa to Congo for a mission trip, and he had to travel like 40 minutes to half an hour, one hour from the meetings to where he was staying. And guess which mean of transportation they were using? <laughs> Motorcycle, right? <laughs> so anyway, we pray a lot, and God is good. For our daughter, we had a similar situation. She was only 20 days old. She developed a fever. And we took her to the hospital. I, I, I'm a pediatrician, by the way, so I know what to do when a child has a fever. And I was a little bit uncomfortable for the thing that we had to do. But I told my friend, uh, the pediatrician that we, we call, and said, do what you have to do. Don't, don't, don't ask me. Just do it. 
uh, and they did the lumbar puncture, and they found that she had meningitis. And it was kind of uh, interesting because I had done this procedure many times, I had seen the report many times, but in this case, her, the cell counts that we see to see how severe is the infection is the highest number that I have seen up to date. And I have been in the business for over 25 years. So I was very scared. My wife didn't know much, that, I should, that was a good thing. And, but then the friends of the church came to help us and give support. And they brought stories that was not the best stories. <laughs> if you know what I mean. They were telling, oh, I know this family that their children have meningitis and happened, and now the baby is like this and he's like that. So my wife was not, was not so, so nice, so good. And when we are going to this situation and, and we know that bad things can happen so quickly that now you can be like well and the next second you can be kind of a dead. To have that feeling that your son, your daughter are going through a situation that may be very serious. One thing is to say, wow, that this poor guy is going through that. And another thing is yourself going through that situation. So. Josiah, if you put, I will kind of uh, want you to put yourself in the shoes of Abraham. I want you to kind of uh, try to experience what Abraham was going through. Try to get the idea of uh, knowing that you have been waiting for this son and that God then asked you to sacrifice him. What thing you will go in your mind? Satan most likely was telling him, you know, God is quite clear, you cannot kill. Command was expressed in a word that must have been the anguish that the father 